Hello and welcome to episode 39 of Glasgow's most socially aware gaming podcast, Geshgas Gaming Podcast. Best in the world. I'm, I'm Gav. I'm Phil. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast. Coming up in the next hour, the latest mix of gaming chat and news. Before we get into that, Gav, uh -huh. it's been a while, but how about we hit up some exciting number facts? Mm -hmm. Hit the jingle, there isn't one. But you didn't, but uh -huh. didn't, didn't, didn't. Number facts. Go quick. 39. <laughs> 39. Uh -huh. is the duration in nanoseconds of the nuclear reaction in the largest nuclear explosion ever performed. Wow, really? The SAR bomb. <gasps> the SAR bomb? <laughs> the SAR. Like, I'm in charge of Russia. Ah, right, okay, right. Yeah. So, I don't mean like a yeah. SAR, Benny. It's also Japanese internet slang for thank you. Oh. When written in numbers, three, san, and nine, q. <laughs> That's fucking bogus. Number facts. Number facts. <laughs> that can't another be true. One of mad number facts. San, q. Let's continue <laughs> onwards with the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, Gavin, before we get heavy duty into the latest gaming news, when uh, do you hit us up with some of the games you've been playing? No, 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 no. That's not how we do Geshcast these days, mate. <laughs> we talk about personal interaction. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> okay, what have you got for me? What's been happening in the world of Gav? Well, personally, mate, um, I'm, the only biggest thing I could think of was we went to, I went to the pictures a few times. I never go to the pictures. No? I hate it. Why? It's rubbish. What, what is it that irks you about the pictures? The people yep. that I'm there with. The noise, the talking, the movement, the kick in the back of your chair, the rustling sweets. Licking the back of your neck. Licking the back of the nape of my neck. Stealing your shoes. Going underneath the chair and cupping my balls. Hideous. Hideous. This is what happens when you... Go to a cinema in Coat Bridge. Well, I don't. I go to I, I, the only Coat Bridge Showcase Cinema uh -huh. is no longer uh, patronised by me. Yeah. I go to exclusively the View in Hamilton, Ooh. which I like a lot. Uh -huh. Or go uh -huh. to uh, tell Cinema. Me uh, tell, tell, tell me more. Tell me more. Anyway, so I went to see uh, the Expendables too. The Expendables do. Have nice. you seen it yet? No, I haven't. Mate, you need to go and see it. I have a very, very, very wild lifestyle. Look, I don't care how many clothes you've got or where you keep them. You need to go and see Expendables too. I'm telling you that right now. It's incredible. Arnold Schwarzenegger's in it. Bruce Willis is in it. It's got a lot of high-octane stars in it. I'll give <laughs> the, only two much. <laughs> the, two, the two that I would bring to the forefront is Arnold Schwarzenegger, which is fine, uh -huh. and Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis, notorious psychopath Bruce Willis. Yes. I did he sing it. at any point, Willis? Did he bring out Bruno? He didn't bring out Bruno. Bruno was kept uh, in the shadows. In the shadows. But it was set up for a sequel, possibly with Bruno. Oh, nice. So. <laughs> he just donned his weird hat that he wears when he's exactly. Bruno. But um, I really, really good. Go and see it. You'll love it. Um, I don't doubt it. And it's great, though, because you can see... Well, the thing I love most about it is people coming talking about it, mm -hmm. but making sure they tell people that they know it's stupid. Yes. Aye. It's stupid. It's shite. It's daft. I hated it, but it was good. Go and see it. <laughs> Don't think I'm stupid because I liked it. I was fully aware of what was happening throughout. I, I knew know, it was stupid. Don't I was make really me think, scoffing in at my popcorn. <laughs> exactly. Don't make me. Don't think that I was daft enough to actually like it. <laughs> but I loved it. Fucking pisses me right off. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been up too much? Well, let's discuss the other high octane action news that's happening in Glasgow at the moment. Yes, yes. The filming of Fast Six. Fast Cease. Some of the roads near the work uh -huh. were all closed down. Absolutely. To be used for high-octane again uh, car again, chases. Ten-second motors. And they're telling us things like, from, I think it's from like seven till half six in the morning, it's going to be 
There's going to be car flips, explosions, intermittent gunfire. Oh, oh! How are we even going to know it's happening? Uh, Welcome Glasgow. to Glasgow, Glasgow <laughs> City Centre. <laughs> uh, yeah, Nothing so beats the slow caress of a sharp knife. Exactly. <laughs> I think that they're talking about. Uh, there's not going to be any stars there for the film. It's only for exterior car shots, etc. Yeah. Makes me think there are going to be some stars there. Yeah, and they're just keeping it secret. Keeping it secret. So we're going to bump into like The Rock on our lunch. I imagine Vin Diesel is going to be going to Operetta. Exactly. <laughs> for some tea. For some famous lentil soup. <laughs> Maybe he hears it's peen ham and Phil Potts. <laughs> peen ham soup, man. This is a very Glasgow-centric podcast so far. Well, it's Glasgow's gaming podcast, It's the it? world's greatest podcast. We're expanding. Okay, okay. We're expanding. We're going higher. Other soups are available. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to bumping into The Rock in the next uh-huh. couple of days. So next episode, hopefully, we'll be talking about how we met The Rock. Mm-hmm. He trained us up to be the yep. world's greatest professional wrestlers. Mm-hmm. We never got injured. We got signed to WWE, the most highest paid wrestlers for a whole 365 days and retired happy. What we're saying is this is the last podcast you'll hear for another year. <laughs> and after that, we'll have spinner belts. Which on our schedule. <laughs> right. Anyway, <laughs> what were we playing, Phil? Why don't you kick off with what you're playing? Okay, we had to turn the tables on you a little. Look, there's been some fairly new releases in the last couple of weeks. Tell me about them. So I'll hit off with the first one. Sleeping Dogs. Sleepy Dogs. Narcoleptic Rottweilers. Comatose Canines of the highest order. United Front Games, published by Square Enix. Uh Full price at the moment. Seems to be doing really well in the UK. Yeah. Not really well anywhere else. Do you think we are simply... uh, a place, a, a country that likes an open world game, no matter what it's about, no matter what it is or how good it is. <laughs> okay, but before, well, in fact, we'll get into that. Sleeping Dogs does a lot of great stuff. Mm-hmm. It manages to make the driving and the hand-to-hand combat and even the shooting combat, yeah, really arcadey and fun. Mm-hmm. So it's not super realistic in the slightest. Watching you play it seemed a bit dreamcasty. Yeah, there's a lot of that in it. Yeah. I don't know if that's just because of the whole setting and. Yeah. Shanghai, wherever it is. Uh, Shenmue. But the combat is good fun. Mm -hmm. It's very like either Batman or Assassin's Creed. Yeah. You can kind of deflect attacks or do kind of super moves. A lot of counters. There's a lot of environmental stuff as well. Mm -hmm. So it's quite different from a lot of open world games in that it doesn't feel dreadful anytime you get in any. I think most, even my favourite Saints Row 3 is. Lacking in all combat aspects, mm-hmm. you know, it's all—it's got to be this big open world thing. It's a mass, it's a jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. Well, it's an open world game. Now, the weird thing about it as well, right? It looks great when you're in the game. It looks particularly good when it's all raining mm-hmm. and everything's all shiny and glossy. It looks really nice. Yeah. The the setting is—I'm going to remember where it is right now by looking at my notes. Hong Kong, of course, it's Hong Kong. Hong Kong. Um, so the setting's great mm. and really cinematic at times, especially when it goes into cutscenes. Mm. Things like you'll have to spread this neon city behind you. Yeah, looks really cool. Like I said the driving was fun, combat's fun, storyline is actually all right for an open world game, which right, is okay. also quite strange and for me because mm-hmm. I never normally yeah you get just into skip, the story. skip through the story. Yeah, but this one I'm watching through the story and it's been good so far. Mm. But for a game that started out right, it was originally supposed to be an original IP in itself. And then it got bought by the, the guys who made the True Crime series. Yep. They said, and then, make this a true crime game. Yeah. And then they said, oh, it's not really working. Mm-hmm. So we'll sell it on. It's so, not maybe the best franchise to buy it for. It's not like True Crime had a good name or legacy behind it. No. This no. would be great for True Crime. Everyone loves True Crime. It'll sell like hotcakes. And it's so radically different. Yeah. 
in tone and setting. Literally just because world. you play as a policeman. Yes, that's it. Yeah. And so it's past the Square Enix, who then bring it out. So this whole thing took, it started off in 2009, and it's now two, 20 does. It's 20 does. Been released. Get and it. yet, it still feels a little bit unfinished, which is incredible. <laughs> I think, generally when you find games like that that have moved around from place to place to place, things like, uh, the biggest and best example would be probably Duke Nukem mm-hmm. Forever. Yeah. When something's passed around like that, you generally find it is a little lack and you see that it's not maybe a too many cooks thing, but yeah. somebody takes it in one direction, someone else buys it and they maybe think, ah, I think we'll pull it this way now. But odd things like the the cover design and the kind of splash screen that comes up in the PS3 when you're ho- hovering over the game uh-huh. is that nice kind of hand-drawn, very exciting, very kinetic looking mm. background. And then it gets to the main start screen of the game and it's black screen, sleeping dogs written across it. Yeah. If you let it time out, ordinarily it'll go some amazing cutscene. Mm. It doesn't. It goes back to the publisher logo and then back to the sleeping dogs. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, what happened here? Uh-huh. Anyway, you play Detective Wei Shen. Wei Shen. Who has to infiltrate the, get this right now, the Sun Yong E. Soon Yongi. So he has to find a way shin to this organisation. <laughs> well done. Yes. Uh, so you're infiltrating this as an undercover cop mm-hmm. with a dirty background. Okay. Your family were slaughtered. Dirty pants. Probably by triads. <gasps> so you're infiltrating this triad thing. You're kind of trying to keep your loyalty to the gang whilst maintaining your mission. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of the Nathan Drake's about it and that you seem to be slaughtering quite a lot of innocent yeah, people. Yeah, it's a lovable rogue. The problem... You do get kind of penalised when you run people over. Yeah. Because you have a bunch of different stats. You have your triad side stats, you have your police side stats, mm-hmm. and you have your face stats because you have to be well known in the area. Ah. Weird. But it all kind of ties together well. Yeah. I like it. The problem I find with a game in which you play a policeman in mm-hmm. an open world game is you have no control over... I've seen a lot of people complain that, oh yeah, you can just go and kill people and that's fine. And, you know, well, well, you're killing the people. I think when you take on a character like mm. uh, like Nathan Drake and stuff, right? Nathan Drake is a psychopath and I've accepted that. Yes. So I'm fine with killing them all. But, you know, when you play a certain game and you're meant to be this altruistic cop, I don't feel like I would go around killing people. Necessarily. No. No. So, but, I mean, how would you kind of start the gameplay? If exactly. Well, you run over, you're like, oh, God. I would completely cripple the game. Like, you, they take your badge off you. Mm-hmm. The credits roll. Has some interesting kind of really exciting moments though when you're kind of chasing people down. You can hijack their car by leaning out your car and jumping onto theirs. Like yeah, it's just cause I saw that. Like, um, yeah, there's a sort of a wheelman almost a, a yes. thing to it. Yeah. Hijacking car. That's quite cool. I mean, it's good to see it taken. Because I mean, I, I thought games like like Just Cause Two and Wheelman were quite innovative. Mm-hmm. They never quite got to that level where they were perfect games or yes, anything, exactly. but they had good ideas, and it's good to see someone taking those ideas and try to push it to another product. New. And the fact that all the the combat and everything works so well means that the side missions aren't dreadful either, because mm-hmm. most of them are, you know, gang fights, yep. betting on cock fights, obviously. Those are genuine cock fights. There is. Nice. I, I've never won a cock fight yet. Wow. I always pick the white one and never wins. Do you actually see them fighting? Yeah. Uh, going at it. That's quite surprising. I thought they would have maybe like cut faded to black or something. <laughs> no, I've got the hot coffee mod on. I've oh, got yes, the hot right. chicken mod on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that is, in a nutshell, Sleeping Dogs. Uh, it is good. Yeah? Yeah. Worth the money, or would you say something? Let, let, if let you got it for £20, pound, it'd be great. Yeah. Not... So good that you'd be like, this is the best game ever, but you'd be like, this is money well spent. Do you feel... £40? Pound? Mm, yeah. Maybe not. Okay, okay. There's a lot to it, though. Big big city you're in. 
all the cars are fun and the fast cars go really fast. I think with me, I'm still stuck in the Do amazing power slides. Listen, an open world game, I feel, still has to have that element of... And I never do it anymore, but sitting around with your pals, pass the pad, play, mm-hmm. or play for an hour and not do anything in the game, just fanny about in cars getting a chase off the pole is... This game's good for that. Okay, well that's... that's there's lots of side streets test. to go down, yeah. with boxes with chickens in them, going down steps on a bike. Well, that's good. All that it. shit's done really well. It does feel like an action movie. Because I never felt things an like... An action movie. I sound like Gran. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an action film come to life. It's like watching a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, so Sleepy Dogs. If you fancy it, go and get it. Big fat Sleepy Dogs? Yep. If you like it, if you fancy the look of it, go and buy it as ah, a guest cast recommendation. <laughs> what have you got? Uh, the One of the biggest games I've got that I know you've not played, much as I haven't played Sleepy, Sleepy Dogs, uh-huh. um, Darksiders 2. Mm. Darksiders 2, made by Vigil Games and uh, released by THQ. And I really, I really liked it. I didn't think I would because I, I didn't fancy the look of it. It looks like Todd McFarlane shat and on a piece of paper and they just put it on a game. Together. Did um, you play Darksiders 1? Yes, yes I did. Um, this takes the look of it in a much more extreme... It, it, it looks similar to the first game, but it takes the Todd McFarlane style elements of it and really pushes it. it it's very metal, uh-huh. but in a very World of Warcraft kind of metal way. Uh. Which I, Everything's all spikes and skulls and you know, and you think, that's pretty cool. But it is done in that World of Warcraft very safe way. <laughs> um, but yeah, I liked it because it's a game above and beyond anything else. It's not trying to make me choose from a million different moral options. It's not trying to. It's not a big open world that I'm going to get lost in. It's a very linear game, and it's pretty much an amalgamation of all early two thousands computer games put into one thing. And I think for me, it's a good way almost with the new generation of games coming. I'm expecting a lot from new developers here. But it's almost a good way to say goodbye to like 50% of the game mechanics that it's got. Yeah, I understand, yeah. It's like a swan song for the early 2000s. It's, it contains things like um, platform is pretty much Prince of Persia, uh, combat, mix of God of War, Devil May Cry. Lots of, just it's loads of different, there's points in the game all the way through, you go, that's taken from this game. <laughs> and that's why Darksiders is a pretty, it's kind of unique amongst Modern games, because all games kind of wear their influences on their sleeve a little, but Darksiders, it's... Just a composite of all these different parts. You know <laughs> straight away. It's not like it's subtle. And it's really well known for it as well. Darksiders, out of all the games, like loads of games rip off things from other things, but Darksiders is known for it. Mm-hmm. You know, the dungeons uh, in the game, it's a third-person adventure game, by the way. I suppose I should have mentioned that, in which you play Death, uh, one of the four horsemen of the Wait apocalypse. Wait Death? Death. So they've gone... Who's the first one? War was the War one in the first game. And Death. So that's the two good ones. Well, you know what? <laughs> the thing was, we, we've discussed this before. You know, the, your other two, you've got what? Um, famine, famine and Pestilence. Pestilence. Sounds shit. Uh. But in the game, they're not called that. They're called Strife and Fury. Uh. So that kind of changes it up a wee bit. So you think they're not going to just go for Pestilence and like a really, <laughs> like a, a rotten guy uh, and, and a really thin guy. Um, it's from, it seems in during the game, you pick up weapons from your other brothers or sisters, because I think one of them's a lassie. So you get things like Strife's gun, nice. so more of a, sort of a cowboy element to it. So you can see throughout the game you get different weapons and it sh- shows what they're going to do in later games, hopefully. But yeah. Um, That's quite cool. I like that. Pretty much throughout the game, it's kind of it is very linear. It seems big because you're there's a lot of travel, and you go right now. You need to go here, and it's kind of 
almost Shadow of the Colossus way. You've got your horse, big open expanses, but you're going from A to B with really not much in between. Uh, and then it's just big Zelda-style levels. And in terms of Zelda, it does all the things that annoy me in Zelda as much <laughs> as I love them as well. Things like when you pick up a key, you go, brilliant, I've got a key, and you go to walk away, and then a little screen, a screen pops up stopping you, going, this is a key. Ah, Use this bam, to open bam, up levels. Use this to open up uh, locked doors. Cool. First level, first dungeon, fine. By the eleventh hour, you're in the the game. Uh-huh. A key. I'll go away. Boom. Stop. <laughs> this fucker opens a door. This opens a door somewhere. So that's quite annoying. But things like the voice, the voice acting's great. It's, it sounds xenophobic to say it, but it's great not to have an American accent in the game. <laughs> cool, yeah. It's all English and Scottish and Irish style accents, all very European. Uh, you know, a guy coming and going, hey, Death, you gotta get your ass to fucking purgatory or something. Like everybody's favourite game, Dark Souls and Demon Souls. Yeah, exactly. British accents all the way. Uh, yeah, but I mean, the game mechanics themselves, it's mostly, essentially, fighting and puzzle solving, like a Zelda game. Okay. Uh, the combat's much more involved. There's a lot of stats and like RPG style level up your scythes, level up your secondary weapon, learn new combos. It's all very standard. It is very much a game that you're not surprised by in any way, mm-hmm. shape or form. But there's so many bitching parts in it. I mean, you've got a horse you can summon at will called, like, fucking Despair. Nice. I know, big spectral thing. And would you say it's worth the bang for your buck? You get a lot. I mean, I'm, I think I am about three hours from the end of the game. And I've been playing it for about nine hours. Jeez, that's pretty so big. it's a long game for a linear first-person game. Yeah, it's well worth the money. But yeah, um, <laughs> the weird things there's things there are glitches in the game. Mm-hmm. It's very glitchy and very buggy at times, which is annoying. A lot of things like I fell through the floor a few times. I had one or two crash, complete system freezes and crashes. But yeah, a great wee game for I'd say maybe wait until it's about thirty. Yeah. But, I mean, you do get a lot of... That's the sweet spot. Yeah, a lot of uh, bang for the buck, as you were saying. Nice, nice. Yeah, go for it. Why not? Why not? Everyone, it's just money. Spend some money. It's not been games in ages. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's good to have games that we can actually talk about and get excited about. Speaking of excitement, Mm -hmm. excellent segue. Um, We've just been playing another new release on PSN. That's true. Since we got in from work this afternoon. Wake. Which is uh, Tony Hawk HD came out in the PSN. Yeah, it certainly did. Uh, it's about a month after the release in the Xbox. Uh-huh. Some timed exclusivity, perhaps. This has been, I'm not going to say panned, but a lot of people have a lot of problems. Yeah. With the re- HD remake of levels from Tony Hawk 1 and 2, mm-hmm. I think it is. Remade with beautiful HD graphics yeah. and re- re-put out into the wild. Mm-hmm. What have you made of it so far, Gav? I... It's 11.99, by the way, on PS. 11.99. Yeah. See, I can understand remaking the game as it was, simply reskinning it in HD and saying, this is the game you loved back then, here it is now. Mm-hmm. What annoys me is having learned over the years all these Tony Hawk things like reverts and transitions and all that, for it not to be there. Mm-hmm. So suddenly you be trained for years and years on how to do something and then go right back to where you can't do anything. It's kind of like Metroid where you're bitching at the start and then you lose all your shit and you're back to being rubbish. It, it just bugs me because I'm so, like, I could definitely get back into it. Yeah. But not being able to think, do things like write yourself in midair, get off your board, all this, it does kind of piss me off a little. I get that point of view, but I do like, from what I've played of it so far, you, if you did, if you could apply the same mechanics to Tony Hawk 1, but by the time you got to 3, 
then levels and stuff surely would have had to be designed differently mm. to just kind of keep your score down to keep the challenge I mean they could have just amped the score amount up well that's what I would imagine they would have just went yeah sure like the, the sick score the best score you can get mm-hmm. you know in terms of that it would be much higher but at the same time and it's one of these dead cynical things to say is oh it's just a cash grab they're just updating the grab because they're not they've clearly put effort into yeah. making it uh, more modern looking and all that that's fine and it's a nostalgia thing more than anything else. Absolutely. As soon as you hear some of the shite music from when you were oh, like Absolutely. 15. Like bring the noise and stuff. <laughs> playing it on the school two level. You're just like, I remember what everything is. Mm-hmm. And it's great. It's not one of these things where you think. Feels right. Yeah, it, do, and it does. I mean, I've spent so many hours playing this game. And a lot of the times you go back to an old game and it, the magic isn't there. It definitely is. I can see myself putting a fair amount of time into yeah. this. I will sit and play it. And for all we're saying that it's, it's missing a lot of stuff. We have been playing this for the last, what, three hours? And I have been... <laughs> Past the pad. I have been enjoying it, but there's not to say there hasn't been a lot of frustrating moments. Yeah. There's but been a lot of, for fuck's sake, come on! That's what, that's what I just ramming out the walls and having to remember to kind of pull back till you stop and then spin on the axis ah, exactly. and then take off again. So things like that are annoying. But, again, nostalgia is going to take you so far with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm quite into it. I'm, in fact, wanting another go of it just now. I'm glad. Um, but you can't. You're doing Glasgow's and the world's number one gaming podcast. So pick up Tony Hawk. Fuck everybody else in their opinion. <laughs> Get it. There's DLC coming for it soon where if it is a Tony Hawk 3 level, mm-hmm. it will have reverts in it. Yeah. That's cool. That's, That's cool. I'd, I'd be more, more inclined to try good that idea. out. And nothing saying they can't move backwards with that they mm-hmm. can put reverts into the earlier levels who knows maybe, open. maybe they're holding back for a while fingers crossed exactly my friend um, here what the big release hey I want to get two little quick ones out of the way first <laughs> that's what she said uh, hey <laughs> two PSN titles one called Sound Shapes uh-huh. which I got uh-huh. um, made by Queasy Games and it's a I'm sure it's a Playstation exclusive but it's a 2D platformer uh, you're controlling this little ball, you're flying through different levels. It's really, really tight platformer in which you hit certain uh, items in the game and they create notes and it, it contributes to the whole music of the level. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very kind of, it's like a 2D little big planet almost. Uh, it's very involved, very cool um, levels, things like levels made by Super Brothers. Nice. Did them the Super Brothers Swords and Sorcery. The EP. EP. Yeah. Um, you know, there's like fucking Beck and Dead Mouse, like songs on it and whatnot it's a very cool very chic kind of game mm-hmm. uh the platforming isn't that exciting but the, the the gimmick of keeping the music flowing through the game is really really cool it was a 7.99 on playstation plus and it's got a really nice level editor so people are making their own music and their own levels and outside of things like this is does the mario theme and yeah shit like that people are making some really nice cool, cool and innovative levels much like little big planet people are taking to it there's a community around it Nice. So that's quite cool. A word of note for anybody who's planning on stealing the game from a friend's PSN Plus account, uh-huh. you can't transfer the Vita one over onto your Vita, sadly. Well, that's what happens. It's like, you don't, you didn't buy this. Mm. Smarter than the PlayStation 3. Yeah. Already it's smarter. Yeah, that's odd. That's Idiot, odd. what are you doing? Um, the other game is Retrograde, Ooh. which was, uh, again, made by 24 Carat Games and it was seven ninety nine or free on PlayStation Plus. Uh it's some kind of music, another music-based game. Uh, it's a rhythm action game, and it's based on a. It's a, instead, it's a horizontal scrolling shooter, right? You know, like a, a shoot 'em up. You know, a shoot 'em up. Uh, <laughs> the gimmick is instead of shooting the enemies, time is reversing due to this sort of uh, space chronal shift. 
And instead, you're trying to absorb the bullets. The whole thing scrolls backwards. So you're trying to actually catch the bullets that you fired. Right. If, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I heard about this, yeah. Uh, and that's where the rhythm comes in. So imagine it's sort of like Guitar Hero, but it's on, on its side. And shots are coming down the timeline, and you have to maneuver up and down five different planes, uh-huh. shooting uh, whenever they come near you. So you press X whenever the notes come near you. And there's all different kinds of bullets and different things you've got to, like big lasers you've got to absorb by holding in, or you know, just got to tap it out in rhythm. At the same time, there's bullets from the enemies coming from the other direction that you have to avoid. So you don't just have to hit the notes, you've also got to avoid the bullets. It's really, really hectic and confusing. You don't have a clue what's going on most of the time. But it's really, really cool sort of hypno-trippy music that's going on in the background while you're doing it. So it's an exercise in rhythm, also in spatial awareness, multitasking. It's a great wee game and vile on like the like the hardest level. Because uh-huh. I thought, if you learn it on the hardest level... You'll be the best. That'll be it, won't it? Yeah. I'll just, I won't play anything, and it is rock fucking solid. <laughs> Although, going back to Sleeping Dogs briefly, mm. there's a one of the side quests in that is, a, is karaoke, mm. right? They have kind of dating bits in it where you've got to string along a, a girlfriend. Uh-huh. Uh, so you, one of them works in a karaoke bar, so you go up there and uh, you can you can do karaoke with her. Yeah. So I was thinking, oh, wouldn't it be brilliant if in this you actually could use the fucking SingStar mics yeah. and sing along a wee song and then that would be the karaoke section. That would be but no, it's a similar idea as uh-huh. what you were just talking about where it has kind of five bars uh-huh. and you move up and down the five bars to keep the yeah. lead in line with the pitch, mm-hmm. as it were. Dreadful idea. Aye. Absolutely dreadful. Why didn't they just make it so you could sing in it? I know. Well, I guess because it's not for everyone. No, Not everyone has the SingStar mics. Losers. But they should. If they do have them, however, then they should be able to sing along. <laughs> To love is a battlefield. No, I, I completely agree. Um, there's certain things that there should all there should always be that certain level where you didn't uh, not necessarily the advertise it, uh-huh. but you should be able to have the SingStar mics and it works, and you go, "Oh my god, <laughs> a missed opportunity!" Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How that game would have got an A plus plus. Yeah, guest certified if, I had that. <laughs> if it had SingStar support. Um, so okay, is that your wee tods? That's my wee tods. Let's move on to the big release. In our book. In our, oh, no, I'd say in everyone's book, man. <laughs> High Moon Studios, mm-hmm. sequel to Transformers War for Cybertron, Yep, is Fall of Cybertron. Exactly. Fall of Cybertron. The game takes place just after mm-hmm. the, first, the, the first game, so go out and get it if you've not played it. It's a little bit boring sometimes, <laughs> but it's Transformers. Basically, aye. Mm-hmm. Bits of it are really frustrating, but it looks a lot better than the last one. Absolutely. Uh, the... Game, it's a third-person shooter in which you have transformation abilities, sometimes. From vehicle <laughs> to robot form. Vehicle to robot form. The thing about this game is, the first game was very much, you would play through as different Transformers, but for the most part, the same Transformer. Yeah. There never wasn't really much of a difference between them. No. This game is very different in terms of, you will still play Autobots and Decepticons, but each one has a different uh, ability. Yes. For instance, Optimus Prime is just a, your standard big badass. You've got Cliff Jumper in the next set of levels, who is the stealthy, yeah, invisible kind of cloak himself. Yeah, slinker about the place. Sometimes you'll have like Jazz has a grappling hook uh, to get around the levels. You've got guys like Vortex, who's a helicopter. Mm-hmm. Other guys who are jets. So you get a big uh, range mm-hmm. of gameplay types, which it needed because the first game, irrespective of what was happening in the story, the gameplay felt very rigid and very boring, really quick. Yes. So. Yeah, I mean, it's clear that they've, they've seen the feedback from the first game, mm-hmm. and they've decided really to act upon it. Yeah. It's 
a sequel in every sense of the, the, as it should be. Yes. They've improved upon it almost in every way. This is my favourite point in a console's life where these bitching games that came out that were alright yep. start getting great sequels. When's, when are we going to get this? a good Mindjack sequel? <laughs> you don't know Jack's sequel. You don't know Jack off. Mindjack was the most underrated game. <laughs> underrated shite game. <laughs> Had so many good ideas. Uh, they took like even things like the level design, mm -hmm. the the blandness of the levels, yep. the characters like you were talking about, everything just mm -hmm. got a new glossy coat that makes Absolutely. That completely improves upon it. The only thing where it does still fail is that the gameplay at times does get horribly repetitive and you can't help but feel like you're in a room, beat everybody in the room, get out of the room, yeah. move on to the next it, one. It's very, it's still... I mean, what they do at High Moon, they seem to have a good understanding now of spectacle mm -hmm. in terms of while you're running around, there's a giant like Metroplex style like city sized robot amazing above you. Moments in this game. There's some great moments. Yeah, exactly. There's some great real standout moments that you think, "Holy shit, this is amazing!" As a Transformers fan, a lifelong yes. Transformers fan, mind blowing to see things like, like it's the great. FMV at the beginning. FMV the, the <laughs> video at the beginning of it. Yeah. Un unlike Sleeping Dogs, when it, you cut, you don't press anything at the start screen, that mm. goes into this beautiful fucking oh, video, love, beautifully just rendered, just, all out war. Yeah, and you're like, oh, it's so good. <laughs> things like that, like when you see Metroplex exactly for the first time. Yeah, when you see all these different characters show up, and you're like, oh my god, this they've nailed it. High Moon, no Transformers. It's and my wee brother was sitting in when I was playing it the other day, and yeah. it's just like, this is everything the movie should have been. Yeah, exactly. Like, it is. Exactly. Like, and you see Grimlock playing as Grimlock. Uh -huh. I was watching you doing it, Elliot. It's brilliant. Like it's not, it's not in any way. Uh, the gameplay is not that exciting. Exactly. Time. Like you're, you're literally just hacking and slashing and then this sword about. And that's yeah. But being the thing, one of the things, in fact, that ties in very well with what we we're talking about earlier. Uh, like the Expendables two. Mm -hmm. The Expendables two is action packed and full of stars, but it's very easy having lived on action films for years to be complacent about it and just to let it wash over you and think it's nothing special. But you have to stop and think what you're actually seeing. Yes. You think to yourself, that is Arnold Schwarzenegger, Bruce Willis and Sylvester Stallone on the same screen shooting yes. the same guys. This is incredible. And this is a really good Transformers game. This is a great... I am playing as Grimlock, <laughs> yeah. fighting an Insecticon army, getting to yeah. transform into a giant robot T-Rex. You think, that's incredible. And it's very easy with all these games that are very similar third-person shooters to do the exact same thing, to not be impressed by it because we've seen it all before. Yeah. But as a fan, yes, completely blew my mind. It's quite impressive that they can, High Moon Studios can now say that they can take a franchise mm -hmm. and make it bitching. And now they're at the point, in the story at least, we're now in the Transformers lore, they've gone through the wormhole, mm -hmm. they're both, Autobots and Decepticons are pretty much fucked, and now they surely land on Earth, next game, Earth. on Earth. And if it's done in 1980. 384 style. Brilliant. I will lose my shit. <laughs> I will bake a cake. Um, in terms of the multiplayer? The multiplayer also completely revamped. Mm -hmm. uh, hundreds of skins. Hundreds of skins. Lots of skins. Lots of skins. Uh, for lots the of... four different types. In the last incarnation, you could still go like the tank, the scientist, mm -hmm. the smaller guy, and the average guy. Average guy. Uh, this has the same thing, but there's much more detail in how you're. Autobot or Decepticon looks. Yeah, you can choose you like from a range of heads, armors, chests, arms, legs. There's a lot of skill trees for the weapons mm -hmm. and for skills and things like that. And being Bitching. the thing, the level like, design of a lot of the multiplayer is really yeah. fun as well. Multi-layered, like has, hives, uh, kind of Unreal Tournament style jump spots. Yeah, go flying. Well, it's, choo, it's, choo, choo, it's designed transform. to take 
uh, take advantage of any of the forms you choose. Yeah. So everyone's going to have it. It's very similar, in fact, to the Gotham City uh, Impostors. Mm-hmm. I always found that those things, no matter which class you chose, the level was set up in a way that would help you. Yeah, you could take advantage of your skills. Which was really cool. So, um, yeah, I mean, the things I didn't like, I'll go into quickly the things I didn't like. The bosses, and as you were saying, the gameplay does go into kind of generic game. Yes. Quite a lot, especially like towards the end, the final showdown wasn't, and I'll not go into too much because I know it's something you're coming up to, but I'm not, it wasn't a great ending to such an epic which struggle. I, aye. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some really ugly Killzone 3 style loading screens mid-level where it just stops. <laughs> now, instead of maybe hiding the, le- the loading behind maybe a door, a closed door or something like that, the game just freezes where you are. And because of so many bugs, little buggy bits, and a few times where the game just crashed on me, yeah. you instantly go, fuck, that's my game crashed. Ah, it's crashed. It completely killed the system yep. at least three or four times. Um, when I had a save towards the end of the game, I was halfway through a chapter, stopped playing, came back to it, and it just wouldn't load. It crashed, completely froze the PS3 three times. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't put a level... Power of three. Yeah, exactly. Dangerous. There's no confidence in the game at that point. After that, any judder, any quick yeah, slowdown, you think, like, oh, that's my game away. And hell it, with this. It, it does ruin the reputation of it somewhat, in, in my mind. And uh, in terms of that, the story, the story just, I don't know, it, did, it didn't seem like a, a, a mishmash of disconnected moments. Mm-hmm. Like it was more of a skirmish in the war rather than a story of the final days of Cybertron, if you will. Uh, again, as a fan of it, I felt they could have done a better job in making this more seem more important. Yeah, because it's one of the, one of the if not the biggest part of Transformers is how they get to Earth. Yeah, yeah. And it seemed for the most much, part, it seemed like the Autobots were just you know frantically running. Aye, just messing about. Just quick, we've got to get some energy on. Oh, we need this energy on. Use it in that gun. Yeah, I do. <laughs> what? Are uh, you sure? <laughs> but in the same way, you don't look to Transformers to be some kind of you know. Absolutely, be all yeah. and end all of writing. Exactly, but at, the, but at the same time, the gameplay more makes up for it most of the time. Mm, yeah, if you're a fan at all, and I think most people our age and our gender, probably who's listening to this, yeah, are fans of Transformers. Oh, I still say, yeah, I definitely get it. I mean, I, I feel still better than that Michael Bay bullshit. Oh, forty pounds is a fine amount for it, in my opinion. Absolutely, the multiplayer you'll get a lot of uh, legroom out of. I'm enjoying it. And I don't generally enjoy those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, playing as a scientist, and the good thing about playing as a scientist, your medic class is that you get a decent amount of uh, perks for healing people. It's very well weighted, yeah. the whole multiplayer experience. It's been great very just running behind big tanks and healing them as they're killing people, and I'm gaining just nearly as much as they are out of doing it. Triple A plus title, guest cast approved. Guest cast approved. Get it. Get it now. Get it right now. How so, about we hit up some news? How are we better news up? Okay. Right, Gavin. At uh-huh. the start of the month was Gamescom. It was, yes. I'm glad you've got some stuff written down because I was so bored with Gamescom. That it's not the most day. thrilling of events, Gamescom, is it? No, it's got a very. Um, it's one of those shows where things, just, things you know about, turn up to let people try them. It'll be like when I start talking about Eurogamer after I've been to that, and everyone will be like, "I don't care." Yeah. Oh, well, I might as well say on the show, I'm not going to game Eurogamer. We left I'm it as flying the, solo. You're flying solo this year. I'm going to get Monstad in on it. You should. You really should. Bring them back in, draft them back into the fold. For anyone who hasn't heard, like, I think Monstad was on the first four episodes of uh-huh. uh, Geshcast, and um, before it became Glasgow's number one gaming podcast. Uh, we're still West. number three, I yeah, think, back I then. Think so. 
Um, but yeah, I think hey, that's a great idea. I'll see what I can do. I'm going to have to doctor him to look more like you to get through security. He's going to put on weight and get some glasses. Anyway, <laughs> Gamescom. Uh, some news from it? I'm not going to say big news. Okay, some Here news. Here we go. Dead Space 3 got dated. Yeah, specifically dated. Like. Yeah. Because before, after E3, after E3, I think they said it was going to be February. They said February, yeah. And then they said it's going to be a day in February, 8th. Yeah. That's the big news. It's not exactly big news, is it? although I'm really looking forward to Dead Space 3. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's one of the franchises that I consistently really, really enjoy, outside of even the uh, the games themselves. I enjoy the whole universe of it. Yes. I enjoy the, the, the cartoons. And I enjoy the Resident Evil. And I enjoy the fan fiction. <laughs> the slash fiction. The slash. Uh Probably one of the biggest stories, Call of Duty Black Ops 3, they Lots. started talking about the the multiplayer upheaval. Black Ops 3 or 2? Black Ops 2? Two? 2. Yeah. So it's 3 minutes. Uh 2, yeah. crazy notes. Started talking about uh, the, how they're going to change up the multiplayer uh-huh. finally. Yeah, they need to. Which is the one thing for me that a Call of Duty game needs. Yeah. Because I'm sick fed up of still playing the same Call of Duty uh-huh. online. Leveling up guys you feel like you've done before. So there's going to be much... More options for building up your character, new gameplay modes, which mm. you desperately needed as well, and the ability to live stream your battles to spectators. Oh, that's quite cool. And one of the people, if you have a kind of within the game, one person can also commentate over the live screen. Nice. But they can't play at the same time, I okay. think. Odd. Odd, oh, cool idea. Odd, but a good idea. I, that's a cool I don't idea. know if it's a good idea. It's a cool idea. Get a load of this, Gav. Okay. Final Fantasy VII makes its return to the PC. Oh, thank God. Yep. <laughs> and updated in any way or no no uh, some like shit like saving your game in the cloud see I don't understand see with Final Fantasy 7 oh and it has the, the newfound uh, ability to just cheat and change your stats if you're finding it too difficult oh cool cool that's good that's excellent good. the uh, the shiter approach yeah. you know everyone says that about Final Fantasy 7 why don't they just remake it mm-hmm. like Tony Hawk HD just give it better graphics don't change the gameplay just make it bit, make it look contemporary and put it out you know, like I rate sharp. Why don't they do that? How many people would fucking buy it? They would. Compete- <laughs> they would. I think if they ever got, found themselves in any kind of monetary problem, they probably I, got it sitting. I, absolutely. <laughs> Just wait. Absolutely. They. <laughs> they. Uh, some juicy details about FIFA 13. Or oh, brilliantly on me, brah. Uh, you can use move support. That's right. I don't. You? I don't think you can put it on your foot. No. Because that Although, was my plan. Put it on the foot. And then, yeah. <laughs> kick. Yatta. Toe poke. Die. Tb it. Tb it. Sky it. <laughs> the thing about um, motion control, I, I did kind of scoff a wee bit there, but thinking about it, the Wii version of the FIFA games, or what it may have been PES, yeah. were apparently brilliant for... Um, Mario Strikers was good fun. Yep, exactly. So, might work. Who knows? Might, might get it. One of the other big stories that came out of it was the whole beta update news. Uh-huh. Right? A lot more bullshit about cross-play, yep. things like that. But the update to the firmware, I think, came out in the States the other day. Mm-hmm which allowed PS1 classics to be played in the Vita. Oh my god. I know, calm down. Like Final Fantasy VII. Oh. Uh-huh. But it apparently came out and it's completely broken. Can you play Gex? Uh, I'm not sure if Gex the Gecko is available. To Can you download. play Pandemonium? Uh, they announced a couple of new titles, uh, Killzone Game and Tearaway, which is one of the best looking games that came out. Tearaway, did look, Tearaway looked like the game they should have had on launch to show you how the Vita worked. Rather Instead than Little Deviants. Little Deviants, yeah. yeah. But it's uh, from Media Molecule, mm-hmm. and it looks like better platforming. I think Media Molecule, to me, as someone who is into illustration and design, would be a great place to work. But the people who work there 
look like dicks. <laughs> <laughs> and I know because I've seen them. Because yeah. they show you their pictures every in, two minutes. In every fucking game. And there was also some stuff about mobile gaming. There we go. <laughs> that was Gamescom. That's Geshcast, everyone. Uh, <laughs> next up, we're going to talk about the online thing. The online thing to me is, for those that have listened to the show who may not know, OnLive is pretty much on the brink of extinction. <laughs> now, last year, um, in fact, almost a year ago, uh, this show, mm-hmm. we went to the Eurogame Expo. We spoke saw to online, Bruce Grove. Spoke to Bruce Grove, good friend of the show. Uh-huh. And, yeah, it's, it was like we had been jacked off by him in a booth somewhere. We it was so an impressive uh, package Absolutely. to display. Sadly, never really came to pass in many of the promises that they made at the time. It didn't, but... It, there was a golden age of on life when mm-hmm. it, after when we got our consoles, we were very happy with it for a good couple of months, uh, and then things started getting. We started using it less and less. The the new games dried up. Yes, and, absolutely. You know that's that's where it stopped. And from what I read, it was mostly down to your man Steve Perlman, who was running the company. Uh, he had apparently stopped a lot of games from things like The Witcher. Yeah, games that may have given it a little bit of boost in the arm. He was stopping them from being made because other rival companies, were, streaming companies, were doing it. Yeah. Like, if they're doing it, forget it. We want to be not interested. So <laughs> it seems to me, I don't know, how, how can it be possible for someone to run a company like that into the ground, mm-hmm. then decide, we're going to close the company, mm-hmm. I'll take everything. Give me the money. And then I will start the company again. Same name. Same name, same everything. Uh-huh. Keep running the company as it goes, because on life hasn't stopped. Yeah, no, it's continued throughout. And then just act like nothing happened. Sack everybody. I'll give them the stock <laughs> well, options. Since then, he has been sacked. He has been replaced. He has been, but it's wild yeah. that that's happened. And a lot of people lost a lot of money. I think HTC had a bundle invested they, in like, it. I think they BT, gave like what, the same. 40 million or 400 million. It was one of those. Yeah. But a lot in BT. BT said, we're pretty much sure this is just going to be a write-off for us. Yeah. We're not going to see anything from this. It's a real shame, and I can't help but feel that maybe because, what's the other service called? Genkai? Genkai or Gai-Kai. something like that. Yeah. Uh, they got bought up by Sony. Sony, yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of talk about how they're going to integrate the service into yeah. you know, things like demos for the PS4. I would, I would absolutely love to see a new console come out where the focus wasn't exactly on cloud-based gaming. But, but as a backup. Yeah, demos, um, your yeah, your, your saves, all this. Yeah, all if you cloud. own Saints Row 4 mm-hmm. on your PS4, you can play it anywhere. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, you've got the option to do it, or you can play it at home. You're not yeah. necessarily completely attached to this cloud thing. But yeah, um, it's a shame for OnLive. It's not necessarily over for them. Not at all. They're still apparently going strong and saying it's going to continue onwards. The, the shame is when they were saying things like at any one time they had 1,600 users Yeah. for a worldwide console. Yeah. That is shady. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the real shame is all the poor buggers that lost jobs mm-hmm. at the back of it. It's like less than half the people got bought back. I really hope Bruce Grove's all right. I've not heard from him. Bruce Grove will be fine. That guy had brains. He really did. He had hitspit. I've got a lot of respect for Bruce Grove. Mm. Anyway, anything, any other news? Not from me. What have you got? I don't have anything for news. Literally have anything. I was, um, I was, I was uh, really dependent on you. Oh, I do have a bit of news. It's officially, apparently, uh, the 40th birthday of home console gaming. Oh, yeah, yeah. You were mentioning this earlier. The 40th birthday. So what was the first home console? I'm going to have to look that up now. Okay. Well, I'll fill in this time. Cool. Speaking of 40, next episode's going to be Geshcast episode 40. Oh, just wait until you hear some of the number facts oh, of 40. I cannot wait to hear the number facts. Um, if you have uh, a favourite Geshcast moment from the last 40 episodes, feel free to send us in. Was it the Skyrim episode? 
Was it the Ellie Noir episode? What was it the Eurogamer episodes? You let us know your favourite episodes and they will definitely get read out because nobody sends us any fucking mail. <laughs> now, I, I see the numbers. I see how many downloads we're getting. We're getting more than enough people listening to the show to justify sending something through to us. So if you feel the need to send us an email, a tweet, anything at all, write it on a fucking piece of paper, send it to us, and we'll definitely read it out. Why not? I'm not saying that in a desperate way. I don't particularly care. But <laughs> it would be nice to know. After all that, Gav. Sorry, that was me filling. After all that, it was the Magnavox Odyssey. Oh, no way. There you go. There you go. Cool. Followed up by the Pingletronic and then the Coleco Telstar. Cool. Well, thanks for listening to the show <laughs> this month. That was really worth it. It was. 40 years, though, however, and here we are doing a daft podcast for oh, technology that never existed about the subject. <laughs> 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 One in which we're all prepared have to look stuff up on the fly. I don't think anyone comes to Geshcast for uh, news in particular. Uh huh. I don't understand really why they come to Geshcast. But God bless each and every one but of them. But God you. bless every one of them. Uh, let's move on to. Oh, in fact, did I just get a cold chill oh, across my brow? I just felt that across the nape of my neck. I think the vortex is opening. Welcome oh. to the wall. God, I. It's well, Game of oh, Thrones, Jesus. everyone's favourite podcast within a podcast about mobile gaming coming from a fantasy realm. Welcome to The Wall. The Wall made of, of course, disregarded Nokia Lumias. Now, last time on Game of Thrones, <laughs> you said you had exciting news to tell me. What is it? Don't what do news do you bring from the south? I will tell you at the end of the Game of Thrones podcast within a podcast. Cool. Then I'll hit you up with my choice for mobile gaming this month. Cool. It is The Act. No by way. Chilingo Games. The Act. I have played The Act. You have played The Act? I have played it. It's currently 69 pence on the Apple Store. Reduced price, it may have gone back up again since. I think I paid one ninety nine for it. <laughs> I think I probably did as one well. One think I got it when it was cheap. However, it is a kind of... I like it because it's quite a different take on an iOS game. There's nothing quite like it. No. It's got this beautiful art style that's mm-hmm. really kind of classic cartoon like it's almost got like a Don Bluth style yeah absolutely uh, you play a kind of hapless loser who's a window cleaner he sees a beautiful nursery lady you'll feel right at home uh, exactly and uh, he basically has attempts to get the girl through mm. a series of follies and events throughout yep. the game it has you it has this mechanism where you're you have to slide from one side of the screen to the other and depending on how which way you slide and how far you slide, it'll be a different action and a different degree of the action that you do. Yeah, so it'll be like from a wry smile on one side to a like a big cheeser on the other. Mm-hmm. And a cheeser might put her off. Exactly, yeah. if you push too far. There's a moment in it where you're posing as a doctor and you have to uh, take listen to somebody's heart with a stethoscope. Yeah. It's a disgusting old woman with saggy boobs. Oh, not saggy boobs. So before you, st- you can... Get right in there. If you dive straight in, you'll kind of trip up and fall over. Yep. If you move in too slowly, it'll look like you're shaking. She'll mm. recoil in horror and walk away. Yeah. If you go the other way, you can kind of steal yourself at first, mm. make yourself ready for it, and then move in confidently uh-huh. like a doctor and progress to the next stage of the yep. game. Lots of little moments like that, but the animation's beautiful throughout. Yeah. The music's great. It's the music completely silent. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no dialogue in it at all. It's all just this kind of soundtrack that goes along the back of it. And just a really fun new idea. It felt like an evolution of like a Dragon's Lair game. Yes. 
it's that same it's like the next step which I guess that genre needed to say a I'm next step something that nobody else is really trying yeah it's good did you ever did you see um, I think it was The Verge had a brilliant article on how the evolution of the game no. like it started off it was going to be an arcade game and it had like a, a instead of um, the sliding on the screen it was like a dial that you turned around and nice. it was these guys pinned their hopes on this being the new thing in arcade games <laughs> and people were going to this was going to be it people in pubs playing this new game and it just didn't quite take off but it's fascinating I'll send you a link it's brilliant that's cool that's cool I can imagine sitting playing that in the pub Earth 2 Verge had that article but it's very very funny yeah as it's, well. it's really it's, funny it's just I, charming yeah, yeah it's completely charming and for 69p an utter bargain that's great what have you got I've been playing random heroes from ravenous games I'm a huge huge fan you love you're ravenous for ravenous games I'm ravenous for ravenous games apart from when they release Burger Cat Yes, Burger Cat's fucking terrible, but it's a weird one because you'd expect it's a platformer, much like uh, the last games League of Evil one and two, which are platforming perfection on the iPhone. The, the controls are perfect. Gold. Very rarely do you mess up because Triple of the controls. Triple A Cast approved. Tight controls, but it's not. <laughs> it's it's much slower. You're not relying on. It's not melee attacks this thing. You've got guns. Right. And uh, you start off with a really terrible weapon and a really terrible character. Each guy takes maybe 10 shots to kill, and you collect coins off each one. And through that, you collect, you get better characters, you can buy better costumes, uh, which gives you better stats, and you can buy better guns, which also have better stats. Uh, it's weird because when you get a game like this on the iPhone, you expect to be spending ages grinding. Yeah. There are only three worlds each which has 10 short levels in it so it's a relatively short game but by the second world I had the best character and best gun in the game nice that's without spending any additional money or anything like that but it's over very quickly and just raw talent got you just part. raw talent and ah. there's not a lot of uh, replay value in it you will die quite a fair bit in each of the levels because it is quite tough almost Demon Souls style as uh-huh. you will die because you, you learn but you fucked up you learn yeah. you go back and you, you do it again the levels reset you go back and you do it all over again but yeah, it's very quick. I don't. I don't know if I could really recommend it. It's only sixty nine p. That's fine. Sixty exactly. nine p. Nothing to guys like us. For that short period, I was playing it. I really enjoyed it. And for sixty nine p, I can't really argue with that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different costumes. What annoyed me though, there's a Robocop one, which is cool. Robo. But the best character to go is Neo. <laughs> From La Matrix. From La Matrix, and it makes you think: Do these people have their finger in the pulse in any way, shape, or form? <laughs> Look, my Neo could stop bullets with his brain. Could he? Could he? Only in a fake world, though. In the real world, he was useless. He was absolutely fucking useless, like the real Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's that's me. How have you been doing, man? <laughs> <laughs> really well. I did have that uh, touch of frost foot. Is that right? When I got bitten by one of the rufflings. Cool. Well, what do you want to do when you encounter a ruffler? No, I don't, uh, what's that? Uh a hawk with its bill entwined in gold. Its bill? <laughs> <laughs> Shush! <laughs> Hello. I'm going to talk about a strange title called Abracawort. Uh, no. Wordacadabra? No, that's not that's not that. Uh, Abrawardabra? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Abrawardabra. It starts with a magician giving a naff performance in stage that the audience boone heckle. He's pure raging at this, and cranks out a proper spell, turning the audience into little anthropomorphic blocks. What I take from that is, don't crack out your Shanner spells first. Anyway, 
The action then kicks off outside of the theatre as each of these little blocks walk along a platform across your static screen. They each have a letter or number tile stuck to them and it's your job to make sure they get to the bottom of the screen where you can reap these tiles and then use them to complete puzzles that are laid out up top. As they walk along, some of the blocks fall asleep, holding up the queue. You can then tap them to wake them up or stack them on their more energetic blocky mates. The end of each platform has a hole which only opens up for a brief period when you tap it, allowing the blocks to fall down onto the lower platforms on their way to the target at the bottom. So, the screen fills up quickly with blocks, you are constantly tapping here, there and everywhere for various reasons, swiping the power-ups and time bonus balloons that float upwards randomly, all the while collecting, then binning, unwanted characters or dragging the good ones to the word and number puzzles at the top. Playing this game must be like living out the darkest nightmares of Carol Vorderman. The art in this game is truly lovely, reminding me of the animation and delicate lines of Monkey Island 3 and the warm tones of the first Discworld game. The developers put a lot of heart into this, but it's unfortunate that it's a bit of a hodgepodge of ideas that never seem to gel into a coherent whole. It feels as 90s and as European as an Antoine Ducon clip show about transgender pop stars, but not necessarily in a good way. Give it a try on Google Play for the low, low price of 63 pence. It's worth it for the art if you're not grabbed by the gameplay laid down by Australian first-time developer Total Arcade Software. Thank you very much to Jerry for providing us with another exciting Android adventure. Earth to Jerry in always serves Geshcast beautifully. He does. The hand wipes the bum. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. Again, thanks to Jerry. So what's your news? What's uh, your news, Earth to Gav? Up Phil. here on the wall of Nokia phones. Earth to Phil. Uh-huh. I can't fight it anymore. I don't think there's any point in hiding it. We've been sworn off women. I love you. <laughs> Look, man, don't do this. Don't laugh. Don't do this. Don't you fucking laugh at me. Do I'm handing don't back. Don't you fucking I'm laugh at back. me. Whoa, things, things got pretty <laughs> fucking weird on things the Things got wall. a bit weird over on the wall. God, I hope Earth 2 feels alright and doesn't get heavily bummed by Earth 2 Gav. I don't know, Earth 2 Gav seems pretty hefty. <laughs> He's got, he can pretty much do what he wants to that. I'm more boy. worried that Phil won't be able to take it. Mm. You know what it was like when we tried to do that? <laughs> <laughs> So, Gav, before we wrap this whole mess up, mm. we have to hit up our exciting theme of the episode. The theme we haven't mentioned all show. <laughs> That's me bouncing the ball. <laughs> <laughs> so, being such athletic, friendly men, it's sports. Sports, sports. Do you like sports? I like sports. Coming to my house. Swoosh. Right. Back of the net. Nothing but net. Listen. Why did we go for sports as a topic? Well, sports are big in games, Phil. They are. Sports sell. <laughs> There's no denying They certainly that. do. Some of the highest selling games of all time are sports games. I Absolutely. Think the main one is still Wii Sports. Yeah, I mean, the pro- and even though that prolific in terms of you're going to get a, a slew of sports games every year. You get a new FIFA, you get a new PES, new Madden, new baseball games, new everything. Because these games, the, the real life world updates and you must... Update your franchise along with Along with it, exactly. You can't stagnate when it comes to things that are based in real life. And as long as people keep lapping it up, they'll keep chugging it out. Exactly. Now, I've got a question for you quick. It's, I'm going to probably read this verbatim from the page here. Go for it. I've written them down. So, Phil, games in essence are a form of escapism. Uh-huh. Uh, we pre- almost project ourselves onto these characters and they fly through the skies and they saunter through space and they shoot aliens. They engage in all these new experiences. 
Do you think we miss out on because we miss out on the appeal of sports mm-hmm. in general? We don't like sports. We don't watch any real sports on TV. Only sports entertainment. We don't care about therefore living out these fantasies or projecting ourselves onto these characters that we play as. For instance, I don't care about scoring the winning goal of the World Cup. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't mind doing it. Ah, it'd be all right. <laughs> but I don't care if it never happens digitally or otherwise. I wouldn't care. Mm-hmm. Do you think that affects why I don't lose any sleep over missing the new? FIFA or the new Pez is because I don't care about being a footballer. Well, I guess. Like we were talking about how great it is to be Grimlock, a giant robot dinosaur, rampaging across the land of Cybertron. I want Just, to be that. Whereas my <laughs> older brother, Jamie, uh-huh. would, since however long that I've known him, has always fantasised about scoring the winning goal in the World Cup uh-huh. at the last minute of the last game. <laughs> he used to draw religiously pictures of himself kicking the ball in the back of the net no, <laughs> with just a clock in the background showing the exact last second of the last eighty nine minute. minutes and so many seconds. times he must have drawn that one picture more times than I've written my signature. Does that not make it happen though? And I think in some... Jamie's case, no. <laughs> but Jamie's life's not over. No, he could still make it if there is some kind of league for slightly out of shape, <laughs> two old guys. To play in the actual World Cup. Do you think that the World Cup happens? <laughs> Against Barcelona. The next World Cup happens. Somebody goes down. The guys, we need another player. Quick. You! <laughs> <laughs> Jamie! Jamie! I'm here! I, I hope so. I hope for his sake one day. But at the same time, I'll never be a giant robot dinosaur. Exactly. The things that we want to be. Exactly. Uh, in terms of sports games, mm. we'll talk about sports games that we actually like because they're few and far between. But, but they're the, not non-existent. They're not non-existent. Yeah, it's I mean, normally the more arcadey, fun games rather absolutely. than the straight-up Sims. Because let's things like FIFA, although they have, they try to get a little more gameplay element mm-hmm. into them, are for all intents and purposes Sims. Yeah, well, I mean, a, a, a Sim like a, a, the new Tiger Woods, or I don't think is it still Tiger Woods these days since he was ashamed. I think it is the new up-and-coming golfer Johnny Rods. Johnny Rods. Mm-hmm. Now. I've got no interest in playing a sim golf game as such. Yeah. But one of my favourite sports games of all time is Mario Golf on the game on the GameCube. Or the Game Boy Advance. Or the Game Boy Advance. I, I spent so many hours playing both games. Mm-hmm. Never really got that great at them, but love playing them. Who's your go-to character in Mario Golf? Always Birdo. Always Birdo. Yeah. Straight in there. Big pink mouth. <laughs> Every time it gets an eagle. Brilliant. Perfect. Oh, Plus it's Luigi the only transgender character. In the game, so they say. So they say. Um, yeah, I'm Luigi for just um, he sniffs his finger when he gets a par. Yeah. Why? Well, no I, idea why. Most of the Mario-based sports games, mm-hmm. I'd say, are fine. Yeah, like Mario Strikers and the GameCube um, mm-hmm. and the Wii, Mario Sports Mix, Mario Basketball. Did you get Mario Basketball on the DS? No. I really liked that game. It was a proper. It was not like NBA Jam, but it had a three on three. Three on three. It was there was you know just ta- nice tactical element to it. You know uh-huh. passing super shots went no one to pull off your super. That sort of thing. Yeah. NBA Jam's not a good example though. NBA Jam's a, a great fun example. sports game. Well, the remember? Um, did you ever have? And uh, on the GameCube, it was the mix. It was like NBA Street, I think it was called. B three, and it had Mario characters in it. No, no, it was it, it had a realistic enough look to it. It was a street basketball game, but it had NBA Jam elements, so you could jump really high and boom, boom, uh, and there was all these great shots. But they also had like Mario, Luigi, Peach, I think Yoshi maybe, mm-hmm. and they had like Nintendo themed courts. That that sold it to me completely. 
Um, for the most part, you didn't play as those characters, but when they did appear, you're like, holy shit. I'll tell you what's killed sports games recently, mm. though. What? Although we were saying the whole motion controls and Mario Strikers work quite well, uh-huh. but motion controls in general. Yeah, um, sports games. I, I cannot be fucked with Wii Sports of any kind. No. At any time, anybody's like, oh, you're at a party or something, like, yeah. oh, I'll play Wii Sports. No, it's dependent. No, I would it's say, shite. I would say no. It, well, that's the thing. I don't think it is shite. I personally don't think that. I think Wii Sports Resort is a pain in the arse. Mm-hmm. Original Wii Sports, I still like. I still like. I'll have a game of tennis. Give me tennis. No, I, enjoy, I still enjoy bowling. I still enjoy. Uh, I don't never like the boxing, but even baseball, I quite enjoy. I think I could go. Yeah, definitely, definitely, I could still go for a Wii Sports yeah, core experience. I wouldn't thank you for a game, but I mean, it's it was not very overexposed. Be... It was everywhere. Yes, well, it's the biggest selling sports game yeah. of all time. Um, another game, uh, according well, to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no stats behind that at all. Um, we really enjoyed the things like everybody's golf. Mm-hmm. Another arcade experience, which is essentially a modern-day nicotine patch for what Mario Golf is, because there's no Mario Golf. Right, basically. You're uh, playing that because it reminds you of Mario Golf. Look out for the water. Look out for, What are you, a water elemental? There's a lot of shape pattern in that game, which uh, I think elevates it above most other games. Well, what about uh, things like Champy, Championship Manager? Well, this brings me on to... I, I Management to games. The one person who I know likes sports so much so that he writes about them all the time. Excellent. Which is like a friend of mine, uh, Nickel Hay. He has a blog, and it's the. Don't the, get this wrong. It's the brass donkey.tumblr.com. You can go and read all his views on sports and other things there. He's a very clever guy. And asked him, you, you like a lot of sports. Do you game at all? And do you play sports games? And he said that his main thought was football manager or champy uh-huh. is the greatest storytelling engine in video games. <laughs> I said, you're going to have to pretty much sell me on this because that's not exactly something I would subscribe to. It's like the soap opera that the players fill in for themselves between games is as compelling as anything achieved anywhere in the medium. I think that's what he's making up in his mind. Aye, that's not exactly what the game's providing. That's what you. That's that's Jamie winning the goal. Yeah, at the night. He's obviously how many minutes are there? Who even knows? Exactly. He's 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 kidding on there, obviously. But uh, the other thing he touched upon was it's only been relatively fun in sports sims for him to play recently. Before that, the best kind of sports games you had were like Sensible Soccer and NBA Jam. It's in the games that took the basic elements of the sports and they emphasised the speed, the fun yeah. of the game. And it was a hybrid of what was based on the technology at the time, what you could actually do. But this is football as close as we can get to it. They were more fun. I mean, my favourite football game is like Super Sidekicks on the Neo Geo. Because I had it for the Wii, like the, the Neo Geo collection. Yeah, It's a great fun game. It's just literally pass and shoot. That's all you need. It's like World Cup 90 for the uh, NES and Game Boy. Mm-hmm. Those wee tiny chibi characters. Yeah. Great game. And you didn't need any bullshit around it. It was just a great wee football game. Kairosoft have a football sim game, yep. which is good. So, I mean, there's football games that we will enjoy. Yes. Why don't you talk about something horrible, Phil? Have you heard about the Madden curse? I've heard about it, but I don't have any details. I don't have a full comprehensive list of everyone that was fucked over by the Madden curse. I mean, I don't think I want to hear that either. Look, basically what it is, right, is that anybody that appears on the front cover of a Madden game mm-hmm. allegedly then is just cursed. It's okay. fucked. Fucks. And there is a laundry list of people who just suffer horrific injuries shortly after appearing in the game or just taking a huge slide right, okay. in terms of their, their season and their ongoing career. Uh-huh. Some big names. However... When I was thinking about it, mm-hmm. I was thinking about some other curses okay. on games, and you might not be aware of this, 
Right. But everybody that's appeared in the front cover of a Mortal Kombat game got leathered. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Can you think of any other games that have suffered almighty curses? <laughs> well, I looked into general... I knew you were going to bring up something in this style, so I looked up other sports curses. Mm-hmm. Now, there's one for Campbell's Chunky Soup. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> if you appear on a can of Chunky Soup... Uh-huh. Fuck. Forget it. That's true, apparently. It's another Madden-style curse. And it's also Sports Illustrated. If you've appeared on Sports Illustrated's cover, uh-huh. your career's fucked. Fucked. It's maybe more to do with exposure than yeah. it has to do with anything else. However, what Madden have started doing is that they'll let the players vote for who they want on the front cover right, of the game okay, now. Okay. But this has just led to people voting against people they don't like. <laughs> <laughs> hoping that they'll get cursed, which is brilliant. That is pretty good. I mean, that, I think I would do the same myself. I don't want to appear on no Madden cover. I mean... In the unlikely event that Geshcast were asked mm-hmm. to be on the Madden front cover. That'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? It'd be great. I mean, it would curse us in a professional football stance. I imagine you bending over like you're about to hike the ball towards me. Yep. And me just popping out from behind your head, smiling. <laughs> Exploding <laughs> so, with pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what I imagine is happening on the wall right now. Uh so yeah, I, I guess th- I mean that, it was a very quick one. I didn't expect this team to go into big rambles because we don't really have much to say on sports. But I thought it was very important to get it out there. <laughs> sports are good. Back there of are the net. Other games that try to kind of transcend the bridge between being fun and being super realistic. Things like the MMA games. Yeah, the MMA games are different. Because, well, things like a wrestling game. Mm-hmm. Wrestling games. I know it's not a sport. But it's in the same vein as a new one comes out every year. Yes. It looks a little dated every year <laughs> when it comes out. But wrestling has that follow that it's entertainment. So yep. the games can be more daft than they would be in real life. The games lend themselves maybe well to that. If FIFA took a leaf out their book and at some point one person had an Undertaker still character yeah. who was burying people after each game, what I'm looking for basically is a Hurricanes game. Well, I said to. Well, there is a Hurricanes game for the SNES. I want a new one. Um, the. I always said that it would be fun if sports had more wrestling elements. So, for instance, you know, this would have been before the whole problems with Rangers. If you're in the Glasgow area, you would know. But things like, uh, you know, Celtic would be playing a team and all of a sudden, oh my God, it's Rangers have came on. And they would all run on the field and score a goal against Celtic. They'd go, oh my God. They'd be walking out the dugout like, yeah, we'll get you next time. We'll see you at the old farm game. Doing that champ belt motion around exactly. their waist or just another boxer jumping in the ring and knocking someone out <laughs> oh my god it's David Hay <laughs> oh my god it's David Hay it's Chisora <laughs> which was pretty much what happened between the pair of them when yeah. They, yeah. Uh, so sports are fun if you like sports or they make the game fun instead of liking the sport yeah that's the equation I think the basic thing with sports <laughs> games seems to be we should always end in the equation. Aye, brought, brought to their base level, I enjoy them. Uh-huh. Because at their base level, again, a very simple old game. NBA Jam, Mario Golf, things like that. Make it simple, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Once you bring in the serious elements and start making them more like their real-life counterparts, completely lose interest. Which was, was one of the high school football games that came out quite recently. And it has a kind of has the the playing element and it has the sim element, which yeah. I've never really understood why they always leave out things like FIFA games. Mm-hmm. Why not just shove a champy style engine in there? I think there are there's a few elements of which you can manage a team. Yeah, but not not to that extent. Like yeah, a football manager. Football manager completely stumps me because for me, I know it's to you say, oh, it's like playing a spreadsheet and stuff, you know, blah blah blah, but 
it does kind of seem like that in a way. You know, it's like I don't see the appeal. I remember I used to play a lot of those games when I was younger because we only had about four different games. Yeah. Uh, but would I go back to them? No. No, not at all. Not at Dinosaurs. That are robots. That's what I meant. <laughs> That's all I want. <laughs> Listen, Gav. Okay. That was an exciting chat about sports. I'm glad we did it because it was almost, it was one of the suggestions I made that I thought, fuck it, it might work. And now it's done. <laughs> <laughs> we can never go back to it. So why don't we hit the showers on this one? Slap your bum. Well, it's been beautiful spending time with you again, Gav, and our listener. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'd like to say thank you very much to Jerry for his uh, to Jerry for his Game of Phones update. I really hope things end well on the wall. We'll find out <laughs> next month. The drama will continue. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, how do they go about doing that? You can get in touch with us on Twitter. That's probably your best source. Mm-hmm. You can get us at Geshcast. You can send us an email to teamgesh at geshcast.com. Let's not forget, Phil, they can follow us on Tout. Everyone's favourite already redundant social media source. We've already supported on live. They're down the drain. <laughs> now we're on a tout. Exactly. <laughs> the thing is, tout aren't sending us free stuff. Okay. So, once again, <laughs> thanks very much. Viva la raza. Live forever and never ever die. 